You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Monday, December 12th, 2022. Joined by my co-host, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? Hello, Damon Frank. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, right at the open, Christina, I did the math here and I said 12 days from now, it'll be Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve. Mm -mm. 12 days. I can't believe it. Yes, yes. I'm still a little in denial. Everybody knows Damon is the holiday guy and I wouldn't call myself the anti-holiday person, but I, um, yeah, I'm just not so holiday-ish, but I am looking forward to the whole world having, um, you know, a pleasant time. Uh, But I also think there's a lot that comes with it too. The world having a pleasant time. That is an understatement. I'm going to tell you that, Christina. (laughs) Hey, look, we couldn't be more different. I, you know, I feel like I'm on my 85th Christmas tub out of the garage. Yes. Um, You know, I was flipping through Netflix the other night and there was a whole thing about a troll that lived under a bridge and was killing people. Uh-oh. And I, I flash forward to my garage because that's <laughs> basically how I view it. Right. It is mm-hmm. out of control around this type of year. And I don't know how many uh, thousands of lights that I have up, but I've got a lot this year. It's good. And every year I curse myself and I say, I'm never going to do this again. I will never, I'm on the ladder. It's wet. Mm-hmm. It's raining in Southern California. I'm like, I am never going to do this again. And then the year, it's almost like, it's almost like recovery. Before I got into recovery, I'm never going to drink again, Christina. (laughs) I'm saying this with my lights. I'm never going to put up a holiday light again. And then here I am. And then you have amnesia like we all did. I don't know what the problem is. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is, that is what it's about. That is what it's about. I kind of think of it like maybe like child labor for me, but I did make a decision not to ever do that again. (laughs) So Wow. Pros and cons on both sides of it. I did, I did make a decision though. And I said, you know, because we, we have an, an, an older child that's going away to college. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I want to maybe do a little bit less next year so I can enjoy myself a little bit more. Right. Because I realized that's that fine balance and it is with, it is with recovery as well. Right. Like it's always that fine balance of like, you want to be really, you want to, be connected, but you don't want to have it be all or nothing. Oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm oh, not going to do anything, right? It's absolutely. I don't want to be the Grinch. I I'm with you. I mean, I love people that are excited around this time, but I've also stopped comparing my experience to theirs. And I know we've talked yes. about this before. There are plenty of people that uh, do not have the Hallmark Christmas uh, family type of thing going on. And that is why today's topic is so important. But then the people who do have it going on still need to do this. We must absolutely, absolutely. First. Yeah. Yes. You know what? And that is our topic for today, Christina. It's how to stay connected, even <laughs> if you don't feel like it. You know, when Christina and I come to you every uh, every week, we're really kind of talking about our experience in recovery. And, you know, through coaching, you know, we get turned on to other people's experiences and we start to kind of, you know, you start to get a sense, Christina, about what works and what does not work in recovery. 
Sure. Yes. Yes. And if you're if you're smart, you pay attention. Um, if you're more like me, you may do it over and over again and then realize that we need to stop that. You know, and for me, uh, entering into the holidays uh, with uh, a sensory overload is not good for anyone. And so I tend to take it much slower, but I'm very careful about my you know, uh, invitations, the accepted invitations outside of my normal, but I see how easy it could be to blow off uh, your meeting on Recovered Life and not stay connected. Mm -hmm. And I know that is not okay. Like whether I feel like yeah. it or not, I have to show up. You know, this has been a hard lesson for me. And I'm going to say over the decades, Christina, I have, I have done both. Um, okay. I have, you know, because there is a fine balance, you know, I remember first in recovery, going to meetings 24, seven, 365. Yep. Um, and then there gets a point in your life where you tell, you know, I remember for me, it was a 12 step group. I sat down with my sponsor and I was like, you know, Kevin, do I, do I really need to go to these 85 meetings away? And he's like, you know, you don't really need to go to that one anymore. You need to focus on something else in your life. You need to focus on, you know, school or a job or whatever you've got going on, um, or maybe physical fitness or eating or something like that. Um, but you still have to stay connected. Now I was somebody who've gone, I've done both. I've gone to a billion different, you know, connected to everybody and everything. And then I've gone to, I'm over this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to connect with anyone right. and I'm just going to John Wayne it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How'd that work out for you when that you did that? You know, honestly, at first it was fine because I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. If you're an overcommitter, I'm going to now this is controversial, right? So it didn't work out for me ultimately. Okay. Right. But at first it's better because if you're overcommitting too much, right? Like I tell this with my, with my coaching clients, like if I see you in a meeting every day, or if I see you in multiple meetings a week, I'm thrilled. Like right. I'm really thrilled because I know you're doing the deal. If I see you in every meeting, in every clubhouse room and every something's not right. You right. know what I mean? Unless you're going through something, you're, what are you avoiding? Right? Yeah. Like, what are you avoiding? Now I'm not saying don't go to meetings. If you need a meeting, I'm the first to say go. Right. But there is that fine balance. Right. But I think for most people in recovery are kind of like me. I, it's all or nothing kind of, you know what I mean? I don't know. What about you? I mean, I know you've jumped in and out sometimes of, of, of wanting to be committed to going to meetings. There've been times where it needed to be somebody else's job for a while. You know, I, I kind of, because I work with a lot of partners, I know um, what it could be like for them where they're with a recovering person and they're loving that they're sober, but now after four or five years, they're wondering why they don't see the person anymore. And so I think that it's important to point out to somebody if they're hiding out in a meeting and they're not, I mean, we get, we get into recovery so we can build our lives. And so that's super important to also be part of the plan. But, you know, for me, I know what's really good for me. And I have, you know, three or four very close knit uh, friends who we do life together. 
which keeps me super committed and super connected. My husband is in recovery. So I have that, but we're really careful to make sure that we're not each other's lifeline only. Mm -hmm. And um, as a codependent, this needed to be part of my discipline where um, when I met him, many of you know, I, I remarried and I was a little bit older when I met him. I had to make sure that no matter how much I was in love and excited and you know, that phase as an addict that you want to be together all the time, I still had to go to my meetings. I still had to go. And I think I think that this time can be very slippery for people. They call it that golden, the Bermuda Triangle, you know, October till New Year's. And so that has to be said. We have to talk about staying, you know, sober. But yeah, yeah, you do. And you know what the thing is, is that you do have to put this first. And I'm going to tell you that that was one of the things because you know, every day is a new day in recovery. This mm -hmm. is true. So people would say like, you know, Christina, you've got 25 years. There's mm -hmm. absolutely no way that you're ever going to go out. Damon, you've got three, you know, I, I find that out to be the guy. I know people have gone out that have had more time than I have, right? Like it, it happens. Like if you're in recovery, what, what it is, is it's kind of slow and it builds up. So every day you can put things in the bank though. And this is, this is the thing you can put things in the bank because there are times that honestly, Christina, that with work and with everything else, with recovered life. And I'm like, you know, I just don't have time. I have a, I have a, I have a busy life, but if I don't put this first, what happens is everything gets harder yes. and the time I think I'm saving really in honesty, the time I think I'm saving, I'm losing because I'm then spending my time in my head. Right. Yes. When I could have just gone to a meeting and I could have just connected. And I think like what I've learned over the, over the, the, the series of decades that I've been in recovery is that that investment has a huge ROI. It sure does. Huge return on investment. I, I think you're exactly right. It will make, you know, and, and this is something I give to, you know, uh, my coaching clients you want them to go to a meeting because, and, and this is me too. Oh, I can't, my son needs me. I need to be at this event. I need to be at that event, but I'm not really there if I haven't gone in and had a connection and a spiritual tune-up. I mean, businesses, great business leaders understand this concept, you know, sharpen the saw. Otherwise you'll be spending twice as long cutting down that tree. And so I have, been grateful that uh, I was taught that when I first got into recovery and that for the most part, I at least knew, you know, that I had to go. And um, it, there were times where it was just once a week because that's all I could do. That, you know what? And sometimes that's enough. Like I, for me, you know, sometimes if it's a good connection, look, the one thing we know is the one thing I've learned in recovered life and in coaching and from people like you and other things is that really addiction grows when you're not connected. If yes. you're not connected in isolation, that's where it grows. So when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you, Christina, about what we do, what you do, what I do when we're feeling not connected, like how do we get reconnected again? Because I think this is the danger point where people all of a sudden find themselves not connected and they just say, well, screw it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm just going to roll the dice and just try to white knuckle it. 
So when we get back, let's let's talk about like what we do and our experience of how we reconnected. Great. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. All right, Christina, back from the break. We're talking about how to stay connected, even if you don't feel like it. And it's the holidays. And you know what? With so much going on, I find with a lot going on, it's harder to connect, Mm -hmm. even if in big groups of people. And, you know, I think one of the things that we hear a lot in the meetings is that, wow, I'm around a lot of people, but I feel alone. Yes. Right? I just feel alone. I feel not connected, even though physically I'm around people. So I wanted to talk, you know, today we've been talking about why sometimes we felt like we didn't want to connect and how hard it is for people and for us to do that. But I want to kind of share, you know, because like, what, what do you do if you don't feel like, if, if you don't feel like connecting or you feel that you've gotten to a place where it's just like, I'm not connected. What, what do you well, do? Right. Well, like I I was saying, I have those three or four people. And one of the disciplines that I picked up early um, was that you connect with them uh, outside of the the meeting place. And so I say, tell the truth. You know, I tell myself, tell the truth, reach out, say you're overwhelmed, reach out to somebody and say, do you have five minutes uh, another thing that I will do is that I will make a commitment to meet somebody at a meeting. You know, I will like, are you coming next Thursday? I will be there because I won't let somebody else down, uh, but I may let myself down. I may blow it off. So telling somebody that they should expect you is an, is one of those kind of tricks to get me going. And, you know, I don't, I, I use codependency as a benefit in this moment. Like I'm not going to not show up. I don't want to be that person, but um, I, I think it's important. And we we've said it enough on the show that I hope people that are listening, know not everybody, there are so many more of us feeling the way that you do then you may realize. And when your Mm, mind starts telling you lies, you start telling the truth to somebody. Well, what happens too is if, you know, like for me, you know, I'm great at sales and I have a really Mm -hmm. great, you know, I can talk with people fairly Mm -hmm. easily. So for me, I think it's even been worse is that I need to have, I need to be connected with people who really know me because it's easy for me to do a chameleon. 
to just feel yes. like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Everything's good. Everything's good. Right. And I've been there in my life, but what happens is it like the days start to add up and the more you're unconnected, the harder it is to reconnect. I find, and this is for me, like, I love what you're talking about is like plan what's going on. I mean, one of the reasons why we created inner circle, you know, our, our inner circle membership plan, Christina is like, we were talking is like so many people just needed an advanced commitment. They knew that they needed to talk to a coach. Yes. You know, to work the, to, to work it, they needed every week. They needed a standing appointment right. as well as being plugged in, or they just fade away because they've done that so many times. So just that accountability of knowing it's like, oh, next week I'm going to talk, you know, to Meredith or next week I'm going to talk to Jeff or I'm going to talk to Christina, right? Like knowing that it's, that they're going to be there and somebody knows them. That is enough sometimes just to get back in and back connected when you fall out. So, so true. And I, I love that you brought up the fact that you can feel you are a chameleon. I can get very much into the hostess mode. And this happens for the, for people who've been around a while. We tend to be uh, the caregivers of maybe the group. We're answering the questions about, you know, this is my first Christmas, my first office party, which we cover a lot in Holiday Rescue. But we also have to check in with ourselves and share that. And somebody needs to know your whole story. It doesn't matter who it is. Somebody needs to know your whole story so that when you start acting squirrely like I can, they say, hey, what's going on? You know, they love you enough to check on you and not accept that canned response. You know, you, you mentioned making commitments, right? Like, and I think that that's huge. And I'm looking back at my own life and that's huge because mm -hmm. I remember the time where I just said, well, you know, I've done enough, you know, I, I don't really need to reach out to people. Like I've done enough. Right. And that was such a bad, like looking back, I've shared this before with people, especially with clients, because I've been through this before with people who said, you know what, man, I've done enough service work. I've done right. enough reaching out. I've done it. Right. And I get it. I, I mean, I, first of all, I mean, people are like, don't say that it sounds selfish. Right. I've heard that. It's like, well, no, that's the reality. That's what's actually going through people's head. And, you know, sometimes you can get burnt out with it, right? You can, you can get, you can get burnt out and you need to take that little break maybe, and maybe do service in another area, you know? Um, but one of the things I think that was such a misinterpretation for me because I was listening to my own voice and then I started to become unconnected, you know, disconnected from people. And then of course, one day that voice said, well, you know, Damon, like you've done so much, like you've done a lot, right. you don't really need to do, you don't need to do this anymore. And it was the people that I was connected with that said, you know what, maybe you don't need to do that anymore. What you're doing for these or this, maybe you need to do something else. Yes. You know? Maybe yes. you need to go speak somewhere. Maybe you need to go like do something, you know, and recovered life was good because I was that, that was the something else that I wanted to do. Right. Right. Uh, but it is, you know, and I think a lot of people don't say it out loud because they don't want to be, look, you don't want to be perceived as being a jerk or ungrateful. No. Right. Yeah. Especially in 12 step groups. And yeah. I think this is kind of the, this is where 12 step groups kind of sometimes aren't as service to people because it's sometimes so geared around being of service that it's not being of service to yourself. People are dying inside. Yes. But they're not really connecting, but they're trying like, and no one's really noticing it. Right. Like, 
And I've been there totally like sitting in the meeting saying like, I just, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to suggest like, because you may be just listening to this show for the first time, join the network on recovered life. Uh, That is one way. And it's one of the biggest ways that I stay connected um, because I do get to plan my week. I do know where I'm going to go. And there's so much around and being uh, that is supportive of all the different things, the conversations that we're having in those meetings are, is talking about the stuff that people need to talk about, uh, yeah. you know, leaving space for, uh, you know, we had a show a couple of weeks ago about is gratitude bullshit, like telling the truth. And I think that that's a really great way to stay connected. And it it's very exciting. Um, lots of people out there doing this deal, having the best recovered life and really showing me how to do it. Well, you know, it's funny because I think my personal experience has been, Christine, is that you will get to a place in your sobriety that there's a plateau Mm -hmm. and then you have to make a choice. You could, you can go out, you can stay, Mm -hmm. or you can peel back the onion more and go to another level. Yes. Right. And this is a, and this is a, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to be honest. And I, I, you know, maybe you've had this experience. Maybe you have not. I made the decision like, well, I'm just going to hang out. I don't really want to go to another, <laughs> like, I know what I have to do, but I don't really like want to do that right now. Right. And then typically I'll get to a place where I'm pushed into doing that mm-hmm. for what something in life will come up and I'm pushed to be able to do it. So, I think one of the things that I've learned, one of the big takeaways that I have from recovery is that you always have to be in a constant state of reinventing yourself Yes, as someone in recovery, right? Like you can't just kind of, it says, you know, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you can't be just, you can't be done with it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. It's It's more than that. It's not just in recovery. You have to always be reinventing your life and pushing yourself a little bit because I feel like if I'm not doing that just a little bit, right, then I'm sliding back ever so much. And then I don't notice it. And then one day I slid backwards. Right, right. Lifelong learner. I was taught that uh, as. coach. I was taught that. And I think that is one of the tenets that every person needs to have. They need to know that we are lifelong learners. And there has been some misconceptions about when you get there, when you get there, this will all be taken care of. You know, I know this happens after the first year of sobriety for people. Maybe you're able to have a hundred pound loss and you feel like you have it. There is no place to get to. We are always in process. And when I learned that, and I wouldn't say it, I learned it in my 30s, started to think about it in my 40s. But really, when I got to my 50s, I realized there's freedom in that. I'm never going to be done. So therefore, nothing can ever be perfect. There isn't some mythical plan that I'm supposed to follow. Uh, You know, I get through this grade, then I'm free, and then I won't have any problems. It doesn't work. You know, we're going to do a... uh... I want to do a show, Christina, of uh, bullshit stuff we've found on TikTok because you're yes. 
you're the queen. You'll send me this like, oh my God, you're never going to believe this advice. Right. And we know the advice, like we've seen that advice play out and it's horrible. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think one of the things that sucks about social media and as great as it's been for the recovered life show. Yes. But one of the things that really sucks about social media is there's these sobriety gurus that come up. <laughs> yeah. And they, you know, they typically have like, you know, six months or a year or whatever. Right. And they're, they say the most crazy things like yeah. you're totally recovered. You're never going to have any other kind of recovery emotionally ever again. Or like you've showed me this stuff. You sent it to me. It's infuriating for me. I gotta be honest. It, it, it pisses me off because I'm like, man, if somebody takes this advice, they're going to frigging die, man. Like right. this is serious crap. Like even codependency, the mm -hmm. amount of, of, uh, of mental health problems that you can have physical that will put you oh yeah physical all kind of, it's just it's horrible and people take this advice and i'm like oh my goodness like do not take that advice but i hear this a lot is like well you know what i am recovered now mm -hmm. i consider myself recovered i yes. do i have recovered from alcohol because i'm not out there it, it's been 29 years i'm not out there drinking right, right. like i'm not right. i'm not doing it but I'm not cured. No. This is the thing because I know plenty of people, Christina, that had my level of time and thought they were cured. Yes. And died. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or whatever, right? They took that at TikTok advice, not that they were watching TikTok, but they took that kind of guru stuff. Well, I'm cured. Yes. Um, yes. It's over. My metabolism was different back then. Yeah, it sure was. In my it was different, but it's it. That's not it. You know what right. I mean? Like you're and not going to be able to do that. It's easy to to buy into that because you know we go to school, we go grade after grade, we get told these are the plans, and so it's easy to try to apply that to uh, recovery or sobriety, I should say, physical sobriety, physical abstinence. And I, um, you know, we have this conversation all the time with clients. There is no magic door that you walk through. And I have seen people think that because they worked on their trauma and their relationships are going well, and you know, and I work with the partners. Oh, he's never going to be able to have a glass of wine. No, never. Once you have that allergy obsession, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter to me that doesn't go away in my experience. Well, I've seen this with peer support too, right? Like I've seen spouses and loved ones say, it's like, mm, you know, it's just like, you've been doing this for four weeks now. Mm -hmm. You've been out of rehab for a month. Like, all right, dude, like this is enough. Like you don't need to connect with this. You don't need to do this. Right. Well, I like, think you agree with that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. No. It's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. That's why I think it's so great because we have these family structure meetings like in recovery, in recovered life. So you can talk about that kind of stuff because I remember trying to explain it to family members mm -hmm. and I'd never be able to drink again. And not only was that like so uncomfortable, talk about not wanting to connect. You want to just like totally bury your head in the sand. Right. Like, oh my God. I don't want to really have a conversation about this. Right. Well, because one, they don't understand it. They don't, yeah. they're not, they don't get it. The, until we realize this is not a moral failing or a question of character. I think that those things will come up. 
you know, there will always be that one person that says you just don't have enough willpower. And uh, that is one of the reasons why, you know, and Damon's been around a long time, I've been around a long time, that we both know that the conversation needs to change around this word recovery. And I too honestly believe that both you and I and anybody else who shows up has the golden ticket because what we learn in recovery is how to have a good life. Mm, and, uh, and so for me, I've always looked at it as such a blessing that I went so fast and so hard. You know, I was 21 when I first started drinking, older than most, a lot of people, certainly older than people we see coming into recovery now. But I went down so fast within six years that I feel blessed um, that we are, that we have this opportunity to have these kind of conversations. And so I think that um, if you want to, if you don't want to stay connected, um, too bad, because we want you to save your life. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that's, you know, I was talking with uh, Kevin Klein. We were talking with him, our meditation mm -hmm. coach on Recovered Life. And we were having a Zoom last week. And you know, I was telling the story about five years ago when I had dropped him off from a 12 step group that I met Kevin in great guy, dropped him off, telling him and saying, you know what? Like I'm looking around mm -hmm. and I don't see a lot of happy, fulfilled mm. people around me in these. I see a lot of people who are, have time, right? but aren't right. Like, and we, we started talking about that, you know, and, and, and he always gives me great advice. You know, he's one of the people that are in my life that I can connected with. that gives me great advice. And I was like, you know, um, I, I need something that is really about my best recovered life. Right. And that's, that, that's how this, all this stuff started. Right. And you and I talk about this a lot too, when we're talking about meetings that we're putting together, not that we're Pollyanna positive because I'm not like no. people who know me, Chris, you know, I'm not a Pollyanna. Both of us are not that no. way. We're very realist, right? Like I know that alcoholism and codependency and addiction just wipes people out. I, I, I get it's a serious thing, but it, but at the same time, um, you you don't you you want to be connected with people who are also doing the deal and challenging you a bit. Yes, like if you're looking around, like that's what's great about recovered life because I go to these events in recovered life, these meetings. And I'm connected was like, man, there's people doing the deal, man. Like yep. I do a lot. Like I'm a pretty, you know, I do a lot in my life, but I'm like, wow, like I could do more. Sometimes I'm like, these are really empowered, great people who are also in recovery that want, that know the power of connection, but are also out doing the deal as well. They, they are. And it doesn't, I mean, I have learned from people with it one year, I have learned from newcomers something. I've learned from old timers, which I think you and I qualify for now. I don't. I don't say that very happily. But <laughs> and and I mean, whether I was dealing with that situation or not, those lessons soaked in. And being at a place that you belong, that you don't have to fit in, you just belong. Um, I I would say that very few people really get to have that. And that's what we have at Recovered Life. Absolutely, guys. So whether you do Recovered Life, anything, no matter what you do, you know, 
stay connected even if you don't feel like it. We gave a couple tips here. Mm-hmm. You know, and my last final thing I'm going to say about this, Christina, is that you know, when I really my mind is really fighting me saying I don't want to connect, I don't want to do that. Like if people mm-hmm. are asking me out, right? I have I have trained myself. This is the one thing that I have done really consistently well. When I start to hear that, I actually identify I'm like that's alcoholism. Yep. The, there's no reason why I wouldn't want to connect, right? Like it's up for alcoholism. So like I call it out, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, and I think it's great. And I actually say it out loud. Oh, that thought that's alcoholism because <laughs> for it. me, drinks don't come at me. Like, would you like this bourbon <laughs> that drinks don't come at me like that? Dr- drinks come at me with, you don't need to connect with these people. I don't really like, like screw it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Then that's when that something won't right. So what I've what 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 I've learned is that when I hear that voice, when I hear that conversation going on in my own head, my own self-talk saying, nah, I don't want, and I know deep down inside it's like I really haven't really connected for a while. That's when I actually take those proactive actions more because I know it's like, you know what? Like, if that's not alcoholism, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. We so, so good. And, and I know the minute I say I'm too tired to do something, that thought pops up is, well, am I too tired to stay sober? Do I, am I really risking this? Do I want to walk around carrying an alcoholic drink all day long, you know, like, and testing myself? And I don't, I don't, I have freedom from the insanity and the thought of it. I have freedom from the self-critical talk that I had when I walked in and started the recovery process. And so even though I'm a little tired, I put myself first, I check in with myself, you know, do a do a spot inventory, see how you're feeling. Are you honking at people? Are you flipping people off on the road? Or, you know, okay, I need to excuse myself and go take care of myself and come back. Oh, I you remember I, I you know we work with people who are new in recovery, so mm-hmm. obviously this is fresh in my mind because I'm we're dealing with it day to day. But for me, I just when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about going that committee mm-hmm. that was there that first year <laughs> that yeah. was always telling me it's like, you know, this isn't working out. Just go drink. This mm-hmm. isn't working out. You should have a drink that will solve it. Hey, the, the, I, just to be free of that committee, right? And I think to end this. If you feel that you're not connected and you're looking for the best way to get connected, the best way to not to 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 get can you know to get reconnected is not to disconnect. Yes. That that's what I found is just to just to stay in and just keep doing the deal, right? Right. So it, and, but if you find yourself disconnected, don't beat yourself up like me or Christina because we'll beat us right. We get we'll, we'll say, Oh man, I should have. I should have learned this by now be nice to yourself and just say, you know what? Hey, no problem. I'm a little disconnected. I'm going to reconnect the world. You know, it's, it's fine. You can reconnect. Everybody has this issue. Yes. Yes, they do. Don't listen to that committee in your head. Christina Dennis, this has been great. Uh, episode of Monday, December 12th, 2022 in the can guys get connected. We hope you see you on the recovered life meetings. Check us out recoveredlife.us. Check out the, uh, my group, find a group, find a meeting with us. 
and we hope to see you there. Everybody be safe. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.